What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to TTB Ravens Media, bringing you Ravens content every single day. But this is the Trust the Bank podcast, and this is going to be a good episode for all y'all. We're doing it earlier in the week because Joshua's going to be moving. Um, so unfortunately, not going to be able to be on the uh, live with the viewers this weekend. But don't worry, we're still going to be doing it. Um, so if you want to be on that, make sure to DM me on Twitter, not at Trust the Bank, at TTB underscore Ravens. Uh, but in this episode, we're going to talk about a few things. First off, we're going to talk about Justin Houston because I've seen a lot of people people they've asked in the comment section i've seen it on twitter people wondering like why hasn't justin houston been signed why haven't the ravens signed him um and things like that and talk about you know whether or not we should still sign him and things like that but then going over kind of the new signings that we've had uh we signed devin gray today we're recording this on thursday uh this segment will this first segment will come out on Wednesday or Thursday, then Friday, then Saturday, how it normally does. Uh, then we'll talk about Javon Swan, who we signed, I think, last week. And then finally, we'll finish it off and we'll talk about who we think are kind of the most underrated Ravens on the roster, especially by Ravens fans. Um, but it should be a lot of fun. But let's get into it initially. Um, Justin Houston, kind of the main guy for the offseason that we Ravens fans were looking for. I mean, we saw... You know, when we brought him in for training or not, we brought him in for a visit kind of before the draft. And, you know, we Ravens fans were like, oh, we, I mean, I was very adamant that we should sign him right then and there. Uh, then I believe the next week, then we brought in Alejandro Villanueva. But people were like, okay, we're going to wait for the, you know, the whatever it was, the May 1st or the whatever deadline it was so that we get the comp picks. Um, and so we did that. Nothing happened. We waited. Absolutely nothing happened. We did not sign him. We still haven't signed him. Nobody signed him. He's still available. So kind of what's the deal with that? And I'm just going to basically give the rundown real quick, and then we can talk about it, Joshua. But Justin Houston Houston is an aging veteran, and I think he's getting disrespected by the media. He's getting disrespected by uh, general managers because – Teams are like, oh, you're like 32. We're going to give you like $4 million. And, you know, you see the contracts that guys like Jadavian Clowney get where they're significantly larger, but Clowney doesn't even produce um, like whatsoever. Like Clowney will go out, he'll have one game where it will be like, oh, wow, he had two sacks and, you know, a couple tackles for loss and things like that. Justin mm-hmm. Houston consistently plays very good football. And teams are trying to give him very little money for that. Um, and he's produced every year of his career. You look at his sack total. Um, I'm just going to run through it. Eight, 11, nine, nine and a half, um, four in 2016. That was, you know, and he had seven and a half in 2015, but I believe he got injured in, in one of those years. So like he's absolutely produced at a high level, like maybe not, you know, superstar level, but that is a very good edge rusher. Um, to get you between eight and ten, eight and eleven sacks every year for the last five, four years, um, almost got those years wrong. Like, and people are like, "Let's give him a veteran minimum deal." Like, this isn't Pernell McVie, right? Like, Pernell McVie's a guy where you'd be like, "All right, let's give him a veteran minimum. He's going to come out. He's going to kind of do his job. He's going to be good, but he's not going to be able to consistently produce like Justin Houston." And so Justin Houston wants that money. You look at what his recent contracts have been. Um, obviously, his most recent was with the Colts. He signed a two-year, $24 million deal. Mm-hmm. And I believe the deal was restructured. Uh, maybe it wasn't. Honestly, I don't follow Colts news very much. But he had a $13 million roster bonus in 2019, the first year of that deal. Um, 
And then the next year he had a $1 million. So it was really a, a $14 million pretty much guaranteed contract. Um, and he was able to go out and he balled out for them. And back in Kansas City, he was making a ton of money. Um, if you look at, I believe one year he didn't make very much money. Sorry, my computer's being a tad bit slow. But um, his last three years in Kansas City, 16 through 18, $7.5 million with an $8.5 million signing bonus. Actually, 2015, he had a $12 million signing bonus um, in 2015 and a $1 million. And then 2017, $16 million. 2018, $14 million just in salary. And then he had 14 combined in 2019 and he had nine combined in 2020. And he's produced the same amount every single one of those years. So why would he come out and be like, yeah, I'll take a $3 million deal. He's going to want a lot of money and the Ravens right now do not have the money to go after him. But Joshua, what are your thoughts on like, how should we approach this situation? How do you think? Oh man. Uh, Honestly, I don't know because I went. You know what? I wouldn't even say I'm conflicted. I would say you know I'm more. I'm more focused on the defense. Defense wins you games. Defense really wins you championships. Um, something we have been missing for the past years is a pass rusher. Um, someone that can actually go out there by themselves, get sacks, disrupt the offensive line, or you know create that pressure to open it up for their teammates. So um, you know when people ask me who would you rather sign, you know Julio Jones or Justin Houston. Honestly, you know, from what's going on in OTAs, you know, and the relationship being built, you know, with the wide receiver coach and the, uh, and the passing specialist, I'd rather go ahead and sign Justin Houston um, for the simple fact that we need to keep on adding to that nice little, um, how can I put it, blend of youth and veteran. Because honestly, I feel like we have the best blend of youth and veterans on on that um on that defensive side of the ball, and them guys ball out and they play hard for each other. So um, I def, you know, I'm always, I've, I've been for the Justin Houston trade, but you know, if it's a money issue, I definitely can understand why we haven't signed him yet. I mean, Grant is a good thing that we signed all our draft picks and undrafted free agents. I mean, unfortunately, we still are working on the essential with Lamar Jackson and uh, Mark Andrews, and um, you know. Like, uh, shout out to Lamar Jackson for keeping it, you know, respectful and uh, and um, media friendly. Saying that he wants to stay in Baltimore, he loves Baltimore and everything. Yeah. <laughs> because some other players, especially how NFL is going on right now, it can be very, you know, it can be nasty. It always be the Aaron Rodgers situation. But I really do genuinely believe Lamar wants to be in Baltimore for the simple fact that we was a team to give him a chance to play, you know, at his position. Um, so it's like, you know, when people keep on bringing up that Julio trade, you haven't solidified your franchise quarterback, you know, why would, why wouldn't you why, – why worry about bringing in a better wide receiver? Only played nine games to a nagging injury. You know, he wants to play somewhere that, where there's a contender where, you know, possibly the team is a pass-heavy team. Um, I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to run down anybody. Yeah, run down uh, people that get interceptions anymore. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, so, we could play Julio at safety. Just saying. Absolutely. There's the free safety we've been looking for. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, if if it's, if it's money talk and Justin Houston is feeling disrespected, 
because you know that's like saying that's like telling Michael Jordan or LeBron James, I'm not going to pay you this you know multi million dollar contract just because you're 32. When at yeah. 32, I'm still getting you to the championship. I'm still going to the playoffs. You know, I'm still putting up big numbers than what I did when I was you know 18 years old or 21 years old. So you know, I can respect him for holding out and waiting for a team to give him a you know an actual deal that is worth him going out there and play because. You know, he's one of those players that no matter how much he gets paid, he still goes out there and plays to the best of his ability. Where, you know, you see some guys, you know, they get the big contracts all out of, out of nowhere. Big, uh, these injuries, these, these season these season injuries. Um, for example, Ronnie Stanley, give him that big extension before the year started. Two games, what is it, one, two games in? Yeah, or something I, like that. it may have been three games, yeah, yeah but rough. And that you're right, you know. <laughs> so um, no, I definitely get it. I definitely understand it. I mean, if a man does a job, or even if the woman uh, does a job, they should be compensated fairly. So you know, I understand. Yeah, I mean, it's for me. I mean, I want the Ravens to sign him. I really mm-hmm. do. He is the best edge rusher out there. He's the best fit for the Ravens. However, I think he's going to be. I think. Melvin Ingram may be in the same boat. Um, however, Melvin Ingram has significant injury history um, and and things like that. So, it, you know, looking at the production, he hasn't produced every year, especially mm-hmm. last year. I believe Melvin Ingram didn't have a sack or maybe he had like one or two. Um, like those things, like he's going to want money and it's he's not worth $10 million for what the Ravens would use him for because the Ravens would not use him as an every down pass rusher because – He's aging, and they really want to use Adafi away. You hear them talk about Adafi. Yeah. They are so high on him. Whether it's um, outside linebacker coaches or, you know, linebacker coaches or defensive coordinators or head coaches or head scouts or general managers, they are very high on Adafi mm-hmm. away. Um, they really believe in what he can do, and they're going to want to see that. And then you also look at guys like Dalen Hayes. They want to see that. Um They've spoken very highly of their expectations for Sack Daddy, who is somebody who is in that perfect Ravens third year uh, bubble spot. That's when they really try and utilize the later edge rushers. If they get a guy in the first round, they're always going to try and use him quickly. But for you know second, third round, fourth round players, year three is really when they try and start to utilize them unless they're just show an amazing burst in their first year or so. For example, J.K. Dobbins, they didn't really use him very much at the beginning of the year. Yeah, they used him at the goal line against Cleveland. He had like two touchdowns, but they really didn't use him. And then all of a sudden, they just like slowly sprinkled him in more and more, and he kept performing. And then they were like, okay, yeah, this guy's the future. We don't need Mark Ingram anymore. Um, Zach Daddy didn't come in and like absolutely, like you know, he didn't just pull off like a, bull rush and get like three sacks in one game or anything so they're waiting they're developing him they're giving him training camp and things like that and i think they are going to try and use him more so for me even though i really want it to happen i'm no longer thinking that it will and that's very unfortunate because i really want justin houston but i don't think he's going to come to baltimore just because the ravens don't have a ton of money and he's going to want a lot of money and the ravens don't want to play him because if you pay a guy $10 million deal a year, they better be on the field at all times. That's one of my problems with Brandon Williams. He can't be on the field at all times, but he gets like $12 million a year. 
Um, I'm, I'm sorry, Ravens fans. I think he's maybe the most overpaid player in the NFL. Um, when I was looking at the contract stuff, <laughs> I love Brandon Williams, but like you, you gotta, I mean, we got guys like Tavon Young. Um, and it's like, yeah, Tavon Young makes a lot of money, but he doesn't play very much. Um, yeah, his is because of injury, not because of roster positioning. But overall, if you're gonna pay a man, you got to be able to play the man, and we're not gonna be able to play him a ton, uh, in terms of Justin Houston. So for me, I don't think we should go after him anymore unless we're able to get him for cheap. And I just don't think that's going to happen. I think he, he is, he deserves money. Um, he yeah. deserves good money and we can't really pay him that. So that, that's all I got on Justin Houston. Let us know in the comments down below what your thoughts are on Justin Houston. If you think we should go after him, who's your like priority one for the off season? Because obviously there's a lot of guys uh, we could go after, whether it's Julio Houston, uh, Melvin Ingram, um, you know, Zach Ertz, I talked about him in a video yesterday, talked about Le'Veon Bell in another video. Nobody liked that one, uh, but it's all good. Uh, thank you everybody for watching. Subscribe Daily Ravens content. See you again tomorrow. But if you're listening to the podcast, obviously we're still going. Um, now getting into this second segment, the Ravens have signed two players in the last, I don't know, week or so, uh, being Devin Gray and Javon Swan. Um, and we're just going to kind of give our thoughts on that in this uh, segment of the Trust the Bank podcast. So if you're watching this YouTube video and you're like, what are you guys talking about? Uh, <laughs> basically, we're doing the podcast. So you can listen to the previous segment earlier or you can go to the podcast platform, Trust the Bank, um, Spotify, Apple, things like that. And you can listen to those. But let's talk about Devin Gray first since he, I mean, te- he happened. Well, when we're recording this, it happened today that we signed him. Um, I'll give an overview on him. He is a former player for the Falcons practice squad. Um, He's played in their preseason games before. Um, I believe Ian Rappaport tweeted and said his most recent playing was in the spring league, spent three seasons on the Falcons practice squad. Um, I did some stuff researching into the the Falcon, like kind of reading some Falcons news. Uh, Supposedly he was pretty good in the preseason for them. Um, Obviously never made the roster. Uh, but he was a bubble spot, um, I believe, last year, his third year, um, to make that final spot. And I believe nobody got the final spot. In the players that they talked about fighting for that last spot, they did not sign any of them. Um, and so they just decided to go with less wide receivers. But for me, it, this is just something to level out the, you know, get more wide receivers out there. We put, we cut Dante Silencio who I believe we're going to re-sign and then put on like injured reserve, um, just like with Xavier Kelly, similar to what we did with Jacob Breland the last year. Um, if it doesn't happen, you know, it's whatever. It Unfortunately, Dante Silencio didn't have a crazy high chance to make the roster, but, um, you know, we did cut him. Um, and so now we brought in Devin Gray, and it's not really gonna matter, unfortunately. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll get to see some nasty. Um, maybe like Tyler Huntley throws a touchdown to him in preseason, but that's like, you know, or or I can't remember who our fourth quarterback is. Um, but it, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on on Dev, on Devin Gray, Joshua? What, I mean, I no, know. not really, man. You know, he went to University of Cincinnati. You know. I really don't follow Bear. Uh, is it the Bearcats? Bearcat football. Yes, Bearcats. Yeah. Um, really don't follow Bearcat football, even though you know my daughter and her mom, my love is there. Um, I can't stand it. But uh, <laughs> her listen, her grandmother on the mother's side is living a Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals fan. Her mother 
my daughter's mother is a Steelers fan, and then you got me and my mom as a Ravens fan. I, I've said this numerous times, and my daughter just, you know, she's just confused. But usually she just goes, goes, go. She roots for who, who her daddy roots for, which is she got to pick thing. Cleveland, make the full you know full what? north. I think her uncle on her mom's side actually does like the Cleveland Browns. But there you go. <laughs> It's, the it's, full, it's, it's literally a shit rivalry. show, but, you know, agree to disagree. Um, <laughs> no, nah, man, I really don't got too much to say about um, Devin Gray. Um, I'm sorry that, you know, Lamar's um, high school friend uh, did get uh, cut from the team. Maybe if we trade Devin Duvernay for the Julio trade that everybody's been wanting so bad, even though I've been seeing in the comments of previous episodes that people want us to trade either Miles Boykins or James Porche. And you're talking about trading two guys that doesn't have trade value. But I'm not going to – I'm not going to – Thank you, Joshua. Thank you, Joshua. Um, Silencio <laughs> was a uh, returner. He was a special teams returner. So, you know, if we do if we do let Dev – if we do let Dev go for the Julio trade that everybody's been crying and wanting to – asking about, um, maybe that's how he makes it on the roster. But um, – this Devin Gray, this Devin Gray move is just, you know, it's added depth. It's OTA time. It's mini camp time. So you just need you need somebody else that the quarter, that the other quarterbacks can throw out, throw the ball to you. So I ain't really yeah. got too much to say about it. Yeah, I mean, if somehow he makes the team, great for him. Um, yeah. He's got good size. He's like six feet tall. I, I believe he's like about 185 pounds. Um, he's got good size and things like that. It's just this is a this is by far the most stacked wide receiver room we've ever had in terms of depth. I mean, if this was three years ago and he's battling with, you know, Quincy Adebayo and Tim yeah, White probably, probably and things like that, this guy could be on the team. Yeah. But he's not. He's battling with, you know, like Miles Boykin. I We clown on Boykin a lot. Miles Boykin is a legitimate NFL wide receiver. Um, he he's a, is he's a, a wide receiver. He's a minicamp. He's saying, yeah, he, he literally secures the spot during minicamp by, by showing out in minicamp. But when it's time to play in games, um, you don't know who you're going to get that day. Yeah, like, and he's on the bubble, and it's like, wow, this is a guy who has, like, legitimately been a top three wide receiver on a team before, and he's battling for a roster spot. And it was, like, last year where he was a top three wide receiver on the depth chart. So, like, the depth is just crazy with the Ravens, which is so amazing. So, yeah. obviously, more competition is better, but – Let's get into a, a position with way less competition, defensive tackle, because we signed Javon Swan. Man, yes, what? The Ravens are like, oh, let's go after all the Stanford guys McConnell doesn't talk about. That's their whole plan. That's the whole plan. Every time I'm like, oh, we got to go after this Stanford guy, I'm like, oh, we got Simi Fehoko. Let's go after him. <laughs> no, we got Javon Swan, who, who then transferred to Indiana. Um, defensive tackle. You know, he's a, I mean, obviously he's a defensive tackle. So statistically, it, it really doesn't matter what he is. What he, what matters is whether or not he can plug up the holes um, and just be a big body. He's not overly – he's not crazy athletic. He doesn't have insane size. He's about 285 pounds at, at about 6'2", mm-hmm. 6'3". And he is somebody who has kind of a chance um, just because the defensive tackle spot is smaller, especially after he who not will – who he – who will he, not be named? Did he get cut? Um, I don't even know if he got cut. I just Bro, I got, got like, I arrested. Roster, so <laughs> I'm I like, I don't know. Maybe he hasn't been cut, but I know he isn't practicing or anything like that. Um, but, you know, overall, the guys he's battling with, um, 
obviously Brandon Williams. Like we have a lot of depth at the defensive lineman spot already that isn't at OTA. So bringing him in makes sense. Um, you know, especially after the fight that we had with uh, Matabike and Patrick McCarry yesterday. Um, you know, bringing another defensive tackle to back up the uh, Matabike side of the things. But <laughs> overall, I think he does have a chance to make the team just mm-hmm. because the Ravens are lacking that depth. I don't really think it will happen. Um, you know, he could be definitely a practice squad guy, but defensive tackle is definitely a position where over time you can drastically improve. I mean, it's literally about it. I mean, cause the defensive tackle spot isn't about, Oh, he has to learn all these pass rush moves. No, he just has to figure out how to become that big body inside. And that is something where the Ravens, actually have a history of being able to develop you look at what we've done to you know look at matabike's advancement just from the beginning of last year to the end you look at what we did with brandon williams and then historically you got haloti not and you got all these guys so i feel like they can definitely improve that um and maybe in the future he does have a chance but i like i definitely like the signing because we only had at one point like three interior defensive linemen at otas so we gotta bring in more people so that every snap it's not Makari versus Matabike, which is probably why they ended up, you know, I don't think they threw any fists from what I've heard, but they did, they did get separated. Um, so I don't know. What do you think about Javon Swan defensive tackle out of the um, I mean, I did see that he actually, uh, he got like three interceptions in his whole, in a, um, excuse me, his whole Stanford career. Um, he did produce, he did produce a decent number of sacks. Um, a good solid amount of number attack, especially you know controlling that inside. I definitely feel like it, um, he can um, make a contribution on this team, especially if he makes the roster. Honestly, in my opinion, you know I think it's I think it's time for Brandon Williams to um, us part in ways. But you know Ravens fans may not want to hear that. That's totally fine, guys. You know I still love y'all. We're still family. Agree to disagree. But at the end of the day, you know coming from a business standpoint. Brandon Williams is just—he's a household name now, guys. Let's be real; he's just—he's just a household name. He doesn't really produce like he like he used to, and um, you know he needed that help with Calais Campbell to actually to be back in like yeah. some type of pro bowl pro bowl um, form. Um, honestly, yeah. you know, I'm looking at—I'm I'm on I'm on BaltimoreRavens.com right now, McConnor. I see I see Brother Washington is still on the roster. So um, I don't know if he's gonna, you know. I don't know how updated that uh, hey. <laughs> that roster is. Uh, that may not have been updated for a little bit, but so, you I mean, know, we'll I, see. I, you know, I don't know if they let him go. If they did, I hope not. He actually did show promise that he can be, you know, a star in the NFL. But I, I definitely feel like Justin Matabuke. He's he's gonna have a star stellar sophomore season if he yeah. has a. Uh, a big breakout season. Yeah, I can definitely see us parting ways with um, Brandon Williams and, him, and Matabuke taking on a lot of a lot of snaps this uh, upcoming year. Um, and then, you know, you add a Javon Swan. Yes, he's 280, 6'3", but a 6'3", 280 guy, he's a little more athletic. He can work. He can uh, – he can get around the um, the interior offensive lineman a little, little faster, you know, use the offensive lineman, especially the guard position. They're not good with the feet work. They're more, you know, hands-on, more stronger guys. So, you know, if you see, if you if you look at the way, you know, someone is plant planting their um hand or their feet, you can tell 
which play it is. And, you know, like I, 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 those are the little techniques I've learned, you know, that can separate yeah. you and make you make you better than your opponent. So, I mean, it's all, you know, being in that interior line, it's, it's like a dance. But uh, it's about who going out outdance who. Almost like, you know, stop the yard, step up, stuff like that. <laughs> you know? So, I yeah. mean, you know, I definitely feel like he can come in, you know, help out, you know. But I definitely feel like, you know, this a more young – we need a younger core for that interior line. And I feel like Metabuke is going to lead the way. You know, hopefully Swan can make the team and get that, you know, get that veteran, get that veteran help from Derek Wolf, Calais Campbell, and they just make that run. They stride, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the, both of these signings, I mean, I think they were necessary to help with camp, not necessary to, you know, win the Super Bowl or anything like yeah. that. I mean, these are these are moves to help the lower end roster spots, um, see what they're about and things like that. Obviously we're rooting for them. We hope they do well. We hope they make the team. Um, it's just very unlikely. Um, however, I think that's going to do it for this segment. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe daily Ravens content, come through to the live with the viewers at 5 PM Eastern time on Saturday, but let's get into this final segment. Um, unfortunately this is not, and is this stupid segment. Um, unfortunately i couldn't i couldn't concoct anything um to talk tell, about in that just tell, aspect just tell mr uh i forgot his i forgot his at name but t higgins tell t higgins t higgins to send us stuff you know we go at it all day <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so uh what we're going to be talking about in this final segment is going to be the most underrated ravens on the roster and this is not and underrated in terms of other teams don't know about them. This is an mm-hmm. underrated between Ravens fans because there's a, I mean, we could name 10 Ravens that the national media doesn't talk about. I mean, heck, we could literally go through the entire offense. Um, just look at PFF's rankings and you could say every single player on the Ravens besides uh, Marlon and Marcus Peters by PFF are underrated. Like Lamar was like, he was some ridiculous number in the quarterback rankings. Mark Andrews, was not like high at all. J.K. Downs was like number twenty-seven in running back ranking. Like, so this is not an external underrated because they're mostly underrated externally. Like everybody only talks about Lamar and then the corners that we have. Like externally, that's all they talk about. But we as Ravens fans, we know what the Ravens got. But there are still some players that I think are heavily overlooked on the Ravens roster. And Joshua, I want you to go first. We haven't talked about who our people are, so hopefully they aren't the same. Um, um, who's your most underrated? Most underrated? You know, actually, I was reading an article. Uh, we're actually over, we're overcrowded at the skill position with a lot of with a lot of depth. Um, so I'm going to take the, I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the, um, I'm going to say Tyler Huntley. Uh, yes, he is a okay. backup. He is a backup quarterback, but when he got when he got into the field, you know you saw that he has a quick instinct. Um, I would say his instincts is a little quicker than Lamar's, for the simple fact that when he gets on the field, it's almost like he sees it a little faster. And by him being a little shorter than Lamar, you know he has to be on go mode. Usually, as a usually as smaller athletes, you know. Think a little faster, move a little quicker. I mean, look at Ty- Tyreek Hill, um, guys like guys like that. Uh, 
Who's the one quarterback that got put out his misery? But he thought, oh, Pat White, that's the one. But he was thinking fast, even though, you know, he was playing for Miami. Yeah, it was, yep, it was either James Harrison that put him out of his, <laughs> his misery or Lamar Woodley. You know, it's sound good. You know, the point I'm saying is, you know, being, you know, eventually, yes, they're best, they're best friends. They root for each other, stuff like that. Eventually, you know, guys like that are going to feel like, yo, I can lead a team. You know, let me just keep on showing out, keep on doing what I can do. I can do more than run the ball. Um, people may even say Tyler Huntley, Tyler Huntley showed that he's a little more accurate than Lamar Jackson. Not everybody has the throwing style uh, of Lamar, or not everybody can throw a spiral ball, but does, you know, throwing a spiral ball make you the most accurate quarterback? I guess so. I guess that I guess that's what makes people happy, you know. But um, neither here or there. <laughs> Tyler Huntley can definitely produce, and I feel like he can lead a team. He can lead a team to the playoffs. You know, I, I'll say it now. It was, if, if he was to go to maybe, like, Washington, because Washington's one quarterback away. They're yeah. one quarterback. They're one quarterback away. If Aaron Rodgers don't decide to come back to the NFL, <laughs> um, or going to the playoffs, so you know, I definitely say Tyler Huntley, and um, I don't see us keeping three quarterbacks this season. I really don't. I think I lied at the start of this segment. Maybe this isn't is this stupid segment. Maybe you, <laughs> maybe you decided to bring out the is this stupid without hey. even telling me. I, I will say, I do agree, Tyler Huntley is underrated. But he is not more accurate than Lamar, and he is not a – he does not have – he doesn't <laughs> see the field better than Lamar. He he may be faster than Lamar. He may have a higher top speed than Lamar. Lamar's top speed is is heavily overrated, in my opinion. Um, and that's a sad thing. We haven't even quickest, seen Lamar go his top speed. Yeah. I'm scared to see like, that. He Lamar Lamar is though, however, he may be the quickest player in the history of the NFL. That's why people compare him to to Barry, to um oh, I'm blanking on the name. I feel really stupid right Good. now. But the running back for the Bears from the sixties. Um, no, the one before him. I'm sorry, everybody, I'm blanking on his name. I I literally don't know why I can't think of it right now. Um, but y'all know who I'm talking about. Um, basically you look at, um, Lamar's running style and things like that. He is all quickness and agility and basically goes out there and he, and he dances around people. Um, Tyler Huntley is, he's more, he's significantly more similar to Vic, uh, in his play style in a sense that like, he's going to make one cut and he's going to go. Um, and that's what he's going to do. Um, in terms of accuracy, I don't know how you can say he's more accurate than Lamar when we saw him completely whiff against the Bills and overthrow what would have been the touchdown pass that could have made it a literally a one possession game. Hey man. <laughs> hey. Look. Lamar is always on cruise control. The game it's the funny thing about the funny thing for Lamar, the game had been slowed down for him. Like when he once he got in as a rookie, yeah, he may made some hyper maybe made some hyper decisions or you know um rookie mistakes but he didn't over rush himself in a sense you know like you said Tyler Huntley he sees it goes that's how I, that's why you know I feel like he's a underrated guy I feel like you know with quarterbacks they have three what they have three hundred um three seconds to get the ball off you know 
soon as soon as soon as the ball is hiked, Tyler Huntley is using a half a second and he's trying to make his move, whether he's throwing it or um running the ball. You know, Lamar Jackson, we we know how we, we I love his work. I'm not about to say, oh, you know, I'm about to bash him because you know his boy is playing behind him. No, that's not the case at all, y'all. It's just for the simple fact I see I see different I see different gears. Tyler Huntley is already going his fastest gear. Lamar. Yeah, it's all okay. Okay. In a sense, in a sense that, I mean, this isn't supposed to turn into a Tyler Huntley versus Lamar, but I feel like I, I like Tyler Huntley. I'm a big fan of it. But Lamar, the reason why he is so great is because he does play so slow. It's the same thing with, with Le'Veon Bell in his yeah. prime. He's going to go out there and he, he is so, you know, there, there was a, I think it was a video on TikTok that came out and it was talking about the four hoopers that you never want to go against. Mm-hmm. And it was the, the, the worst guy to go against is, you know, the guy that sets his own pace. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you're trying to clamp him up and you get all up in his grill and he's just sitting there backing you down. And he's just like, he's like, no, you're not going to make me change my pace. It does not affect me. I can do whatever I want at my own speed. And that's Lamar. Yeah. Tyler Hunt- has to play to the speed of other people because he's not good enough to be able to just sit back and do whatever he wants like Lamar's able to do. Tyler Huntley has to go a million miles. Same thing with Justice Hill. Um, he has to go 100 miles an hour because he down fully. Um, and I like Tyler Huntley. He's very young. He can definitely get better. But lead a team to the playoffs right now? Man, maybe that's, maybe I gotta play hey, the overrated category. That's why I said. That's why I said. That's why I said. That's why I said it to an NFC team. <laughs> yeah, you gotta that's, go to an NFC. That's why team. I sent it to an NFC team. I mean, and listen, if there any flo- and the funny thing is, we're gonna have fans from Florida that's probably gonna watch both of them play against each other, and you know, maybe this segment then went from underrated player to you know the Florida versus the Florida boys. I don't know, y'all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Either way, you know, if y'all like it, we love it. But I mean, listen, I love I like I said, I love Lamar. I love how he can just cruise. That makes the game better for us. I mean, yeah. sometimes, you know, I know you're a basketball fan. So when we I know you watch Jamal Crawford. Oh yeah. When you watch Jamal Crawford play ball, he keeps the ball on the string. Not only yep. did he have that ball on the string. He never was the the fastest. He wasn't like that fast dribbler, break your ankles. Just by his game being so smooth and, you know, like you said, never changing his pace. That's like, you know, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, he, he'll bring you out. He'll clear the court. Hey, clear it out. He'll go to work on you. Steph Curry, it doesn't matter. He going to shoot. That's what, you know, that's what guys yep. do. LeBron James, he only he his game evolved, but they y'all saw what happened. Y'all saw what happened in one of these playoff games. Everybody started laughing when he had when he had the back down on Jay Crowder because he knew they didn't they knew what was going to happen. Granted, you know my guys yeah. are down right now, but you know what's never- funny when this gets released, there's a chance the Lakers are not in the playoffs anymore, Joshua McConnor. Let's not. This is that. coming out on Saturday. Let's not, coming let's, out on Saturday. We're going to pull it out. LeBron's going for fifty tonight. <laughs> fifty? Okay. I thought he was good. All right. Well. Okay. <laughs> but okay. nah, man. You know, <laughs> it's seriously, y'all. 
it just it's something I, I you know it's something that I see in um it's something I see in in Tyler Huntley. I feel like watching watching somebody he played against, you know, play play with him, it makes you want to go out there and play better. Or you know, all right, well look, this you know my Florida my Florida brother, you know he did X Y Z. Let me go out here, you know, keep it keep keep the mojo going, keep it going, things like that. You know, like I said, man, I I don't know. I just see I see I see him wanting to prove himself more than like a Trace Masoli. I think Trace Masoli is fine. He's comfortable in being the backup role, but I feel like you know, someone that was a starter. Someone that has that competitive edge, someone that you know you could you could probably say you know probably has that dog in him, is going to want to go somewhere where he can you know finally start. And you know from read, reading on um, some articles, I can see they they're saying that we're not going to have three quarterbacks this year. So you know if you see one go, unfortunately I wanted to be Tyler Huntley. Now. <laughs> is he is he good enough to get a starting job? Not yet, but he can battle some. He can battle another subpar QB for a job. Yeah, like I can take. I, I see that fight going against him and Heineke. I guess the uh, only reason I see the Washington Washington picking Heineke over him because you know the guys play for him. The, uh, Chase Young, Chase Young, and the defensive guys and the offensive guys are going to root for Heineke to be that starting QB because they yeah. you know they made it to the playoffs with him last year. So I mean, you know, so maybe, maybe, maybe this is this this is this stupid uh segment turned around. <laughs> turned around. It's a it's a it's a closeted is this stupid segment. Uh. <laughs> I, I like I like I like the you know the the internal uh battles though. I love it, man. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, I'll go over my underrated player. Um. I mean, Wilden. Um, say that they're the greatest ever, but uh, my underrated player was Hollywood Brown. Uh, I don't think it's a secret that I'm a massive fan of Hollywood Brown, and I mm-hmm. think I think people are undervaluing him still in that they think now whether or not Rashad Bateman becomes that guy negligible right now. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, Hollywood Brown, I have full faith in that he will be able. Like he is a number one wide receiver in the NFL. Like people are, I see so many people saying like he should just become our slot wide receiver and things like that. And could he succeed in the slot? Yeah, probably could. However, Hollywood on the outside is still a very good wide receiver. He was one of the best wide receivers in the NFL in generating space per route run. Um, And that's because he isn't a just standalone deep threat, which is what so many people think he is. He is a, he gets open. Now, does he drop a couple of passes? Yes, but it's not that consistently. He's had like two or three games where it's like, oh, he's just off this game. And obviously, people have been clowning him for the same moment ever since it happened. When, you know, after that Pittsburgh game, everybody just like for like five weeks, people were like, Hollywood's so bad. I'm pretty sure he scored a touchdown in like the next five weeks after that game in every game. Like he literally just balled out and nobody gave him any recognition because everybody's just so mad at him all the time. Like he balls out. And I know people are like, oh, but that Browns game, he dropped that pass. Yes. And he knows that. But he's he may be the hardest working player on the Ravens offense. Um, and he's not somebody that brags about it. Um, you know, we see people where they're like at all times, they're like, oh, yeah, I've been working so hard. Like it, they, the reporters ask him and they're like, 
hey, what have you been doing this offseason to improve? And he's like, I just work every day because this is my job to get better. And he's like, I work nine to five getting better um, and things like that. Like, And he just doesn't get the recognition that he deserves, in my opinion, for being a legitimate number one wide receiver because the mm-hmm. Ravens – because if he puts up a 1,000 yards, I think all Ravens fans are like, number one wide receiver. It doesn't matter how many yards he put up, um, especially in the Ravens offense where you're not going to get a 1,000-yard wide receiver unless you have Julio Jones um, or something like that. We're not getting a 1,000-yard wide receiver. I hope we do, but we just don't pass enough. So for him, he's the number one wide receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's not the worst number one wide receiver in the NFL. He's better than – I mean, I would take him over, you know, Whoever they have is technically the number one in Miami. I, I think it's technically Devontae Parker. I would take Hollywood over Devontae Parker. Um, like things like that. I, I would take Hollywood over Terry McLaurin. Um, I think a lot of people would get mad at me over that. I would take, you know, there's only two wide receivers on that draft class. I wouldn't take Hollywood over. That would be DK and AJ Brown. Um, I take him over Debo. I take him over whoever's in San Francisco, whether you say it's Ayuk or Debo Samuel. Like, I think Hollywood Brown is the legitimate number one wide receiver, and he doesn't get any respect for it. For so for me, he's my most underrated player. I mean, of course he's not going to get respect. I mean, first of all, he's uh, the little cousin to a psych, a crazy, a crazy man, but also one of the best wide receivers handed down in the NFL to um, ever play the game. And also, he's a little guy, and you know, <sighs> Ravens fans get so spoiled for the simple fact, you know, they feel like. Okay, he should be taking all types of hits. No, Marquise Brown is like 180. If he wants to run out of bounds, I want him to run out of bounds too. If he wants to avoid a tackle, I'm rooting for it. As long as he's going positive, positive yardage, which he does. Uh, <laughs> I definitely, I definitely feel like, you know, he's one of the most under, he's a, he's an, he's a, he's an underrated guy for sure. And, you know, with all the additions with Sammy Watkins, even with the, you know, the additions with the coaching, with T. Martin and Keith Williams, and, you know, the draft pick of Rashad Bateman. Yes, nobody's not talking about Marquise. And, and you know what? I like it. I like yeah. it. For the simple fact that he can just go out there and just do his job. He can literally just go to work and, you know, continue being continue being Lamar's uh, for lifer, um, continue being Lamar's, you know, go-to target. And, you know, um, there's some things that I did see about Marquise where he's becoming more vocal. He's be, he's even becoming more vocal um, for this upcoming season, which I like. He's actually, you know, when you, you see, when you see the maturity and growth and, you know, those players that's been there and understand what they want and they on that same wavelength of chasing the Super Bowl, not just being a pro bowl, not being an all pro player, uh, just a pro or a pro bowl player. And not just going out there for his, for their stats. It's gonna you're you're creating something special. And once Lamar, you know, called Hollywood like, "Hey man, you coming to Baltimore?" That special that special reunited re uh, reunion started from there. Yeah. And they've been growing ever since. And with you know, with Mark, he's going into his third year, man. I heard he's even you know challenging like the fourth string quarterback, like, "Hey." You know, try to get your try to get your passes in so I can work on my toe taps on on, yeah. um, on the sideline. I'm like, damn, <laughs> he's getting that working. You know what I'm saying? He's, yeah, exactly. And, and Des Bryant showed y'all the videos that he can separate from wide receivers. Yes, I got mad that you know CJ Jackson 
was running strap for strap with him. But CJ Jackson is a good corner. Um, when he did find, when he did play against Denzel Ward, he gave Denzel Ward a run for his money. So you know, he can make number one corners respect him. You see, DCs have to respect him every time because there's always a safety over top with Hollywood on that side mm-hmm. of the field. I mean, you just see it. Um, but, you know, I feel like that's a good way to wrap it up. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the po- full podcast, listening to this segment. Um, this segment will be posted, like, probably around 2 p.m. on Saturday. So make sure to come to the live to the viewers at 5 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. Um, have a lot of fun and things like that. But thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Subscribe for Daily Ravens content. And we'll see all of you again, well, I guess at 5 p.m. So, yeah. <laughs>